This season, Taniela speaks to endometriosis and chronic illness patients, those who are going through or have gone through the pain and the diagnosis of endometriosis and are navigating this extremely common but poorly understood condition. Over the last few years, an army of patients have arisen. They are speaking out, fighting back, doing their own research and raising awareness of endometriosis. Let's listen to these brave warriors who have decided that enough is enough and who will stop at nothing to reclaim their health. Hello and welcome to this episode of Not Defined by Endo Podcast. Today's conversation is with Tanya. Tanya is a 30-year-old endometriosis advocate from London. She was suffering with endometriosis for eight years before she was finally diagnosed and underwent extensive surgery. She now lives life with an ileostomy bag on her stomach because of endometriosis and how much damage it had done to her organs. It was so refreshing speaking all things endo, stoma and living our best lives with Tanya. So sit back, relax and join us in this conversation. So hi Tanya, welcome to Not Defined by Endo podcast. It's so great to have you here today. Thank you for having me. It's crazy because I feel like I, even though we've been on this in the same world of endometriosis community online, I think I never really, I don't think I, I knew you or, you know, had seen you before the photo shoot that was organized by um, Natalie Blake a few months ago. And I found you quite interesting because I've seen the challenges that you've surmounted and you've experienced and you've, you know, overcome. And I'm really excited to get to know you and to share your story with, you know, everyone listening to the podcast today. So let's us begin. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So can we start with your journey? Tell me a bit about Tanya and, you know, how it was for you from, you know, when you started experiencing your symptoms to, you know, the journey you took to diagnosis of your endometriosis and treatment. That's a big question. So (laughs) when I started having symptoms at 19, 18, 19, when I was at university, I can't remember much before then. I just remember the first time going to the doctor on campus and saying, I'm having these really bad cramps, these heavy bleeding, irregular bleeding, and just being told to go and take the pill. And I think that was most of the journey until I was like 26, 27, when I saw, until I saw a gynecologist. So it was kind of back and forth to the doctors trying different pills different medications just trying different um like different treatments but without seeing anybody professional and then I saw a gynecologist eventually when I was 27 I think and was diagnosed in 2019 at the beginning of the year and then from there I had a diagnostic laparoscopy I was told the extent of the endometriosis I was told that it was quite widespread. It was all over my organs. Um, and then I had a bigger surgery the following, lower later on in the year, where that's where I had my bowel resection. I got my stoma bag. They, they excised the endometriosis. They unstuck all my organs. I had stents in for a couple of months. So I had two further surgeries because of that as well. But that in-between period of getting a diagnosis took so, so long. And, you know, 
so I'm sure you can understand as well you know you're trying every pill under the sun you're ending up in A&E like you don't know where you're coming or going I had the medical menopause as well so it's like your body goes through so much um that it shouldn't have to either not in that length of time yeah exactly well it's just crazy because as individual as we all are our stories are so similar and it's such a shame that you know it's like these doctors have seen these kinds of you know stories or these kinds of complaints over and over so it's just it's always it blows my mind you know when I see that all our stories are so similar and you know we all experience that period where we don't know whether we're coming or going we don't know what's happening we're just trying to survive and eventually I think we are the lucky ones I say lucky but you know it's <laughs> lucky uh, air quotes uh, to um, get diagnosed but it's interesting that you had a very severe you know diagnosis because it was similar to mine when I had my diagnosis um, I had a diagnostic laparoscopy as well and you know, I was all pumped up for it because from everything I had read and what the doctor had said, you know, when they go in there, they see if you really have endometriosis, of course they take a biopsy. And then if they see endometriosis, they would um, excise, well, excise the endometriosis because I, I had done a lot of reading and I knew there was a difference between ablation and excision. So I was excited to say, oh, are you going to excise? <laughs> and then I woke up after the surgery and the doctor said, actually, I didn't do anything. I didn't, same, I same, didn't, same. Yeah, I didn't take out anything because I can't do it. It's too extensive. And same. Yeah, you see, same story, similar same. <laughs> I'm glad we can laugh about it now though I know but you know what as well like when I I don't know how you felt when you when you heard that they weren't able to do anything when I woke up I was on my own Mm. and then all I thought in my head was like yes I'm cured that was really easy I was only in there for half an hour I can go home you know a couple weeks off work I'll just chill and I'll be fine I'll go about my life (laughs) little did I know and then I think I saw the doctor afterwards Mm. and he told me what had happened and it's like you probably said oh we didn't excise it was too extensive mm-hmm. I just cried and I oh. just remember my parents being there and I was like I've never ever ever had an operation in my life now I have to go and have like three or four operations yeah. just for one disease that I don't even know how to pronounce I know let alone, like what it does and it could be so widespread it was mad yeah I think the only consolation I had then was that somehow I knew that the doctor needed to be experienced and the fact that he was like you know I can't it can't be just me you need to have you know bowel specialist a you know urinary special bladder specialist and all of that (laughs) yeah (laughs) don't worry we'll get to you soon (laughs) and all of that so I was happy that he didn't go there in there and just book around and do you know whatever he wanted and made the situation worse so I guess we can be grateful for that so you said it was extensive. So can you, do you mind sharing what parts like of your organs or bodies that yeah. they, your body that they found um, endometriosis? So they said it was, I had rectovaginal endometriosis. So I guess it was all over the rectum, the vagina, um, fallopian tubes, ovaries, my bowel, my ureters. And my pouch of Douglas. Yeah. 
and then it, it had stuck all of the organs together and introverted it so it's essentially pulled all the organs backwards mm. so when they did the surgery they unstuck everything the reason for the bowel resection was because the endometriosis was squeezing my bowels and when they explained it to me they said we couldn't we couldn't get rid of the endometriosis without getting rid of that part of the bowel okay. um so they couldn't just shave it off or or excise it off they had to resect it which is resected quite close to my rectum mm. and then same with my ureters it was quite weak so they had I had stents for four months and then I had another lot of cancer medication afterwards with that to ease the pain and help whatever was going on inside okay. um wow so, That's yeah so with all of that I spent six months off work just in recovery really? and then yeah it was, oh it was a lot that I didn't yeah. even expect to happen wow so the ureters were affected and you had to have stents in so what does this entail does it mean you have a catheter bag for urine or does what what does that no, so it was like so imagine your ureters are kind of your tubes going from your bladder to your kidneys right so the endometriosis was on my bladder Mm-hmm. which was impacting my bladder but for some I don't know how it affected the ureters but they were concerned about the kidneys as well so right. it's kind of a tube around your ureters to give it time to heal so I guess that nothing impacts it right um, so I had that for four months but no I luckily I didn't need another well another bag of catheter I did have a catheter in hospital but I was fortunate that to to be able to leave without one without one that's yeah but at the time and I think you don't understand the the effects that endometriosis can have because at the time they were talking to me about reconstructive surgery and remodeling and plastic surgery of my kidneys and all of that as well was just it was mind-blowing and I thought how did like my one period when I was 19 and having pain get to the point of now you're talking to me about reconstructive surgery and and I had to go through the doctors and and then show me the the insides and the x-rays and everything and the MRIs about what that would look like if it got worse and what would happen if my body didn't like recover the way it was supposed to be it was so scary to go through oh my god well done you you did good you went through a lot Come out of it. <laughs> the other side I'm really happy for you and how about the um bowel resection in um so that one so they cut off parts of the bowel that they could not take the endometriosis out of right and does this mean they then sew it back together the other ends like what exactly is does it how does it work I really want to know what I understand they resect the bowel and then the two end parts is what forms my stoma so that's what is on my belly at the moment so when they reverse it is when they stick it back together right okay so I've got a loop ileostomy so I've got two parts of my bowel coming out onto my stomach okay and then the bag is on your stomach holding it together right do you have to um go to hospital I'm just asking I hope you don't go ahead I'm asking because um I know that so many endometriosis patients with um deep infiltrating endometriosis might be at risk or you know of having this bag and I think it'll be really good to understand from your perspective how it works and everything because I feel like 
just like you you probably didn't got just got information being thrown at you i'm sure you had to maybe do some reading and you know everything was just being thrown at you must have been really overwhelming so i feel like someone who's listening now would really benefit from understanding exactly what what exactly is so that's why i'm asking this so now that you have the two parts of the bowel so they, they've cut off a part and then there are two parts left and those are pulled out onto your stomach and then there's a bag right so do you have to like go to hospital regularly to change the bag like what is your daily life so when you came out of hospital with the bag first of all how did it feel when you woke up and you knew that you had to have that in your life and then how do you deal with it on a daily basis so I had no information at all that I was getting a bag. I, I woke up, I just felt my stomach and I felt a bag. I had, I had no prior knowledge. I didn't know what the, stoma, the function was. I had heard of it, but I had no understanding of what it would do and how it impacts your life. Mm-hmm. Normally, I would think when you're being told you may have a stoma bag, you see a stoma knife beforehand and they mark your belly as to where it's going to be. They give you some preparations. I think they give you some bags so you can get familiar with the bag and emptying it and, and, put, and you know, just trying it on your belly. Mm. I had none of that. I was always told that I wouldn't need one and that, I, you know, they do surgery without um, impacting my bowel. So when I woke up, I just felt it and then I cried. Um, and then I think I saw it properly about two or three days later when the nurse came to see me to empty it. So... Yeah, I kind of had to adjust to it in hospital. I didn't look at it for days and days and days. Right. Um, I mean, I didn't because I didn't know what it was. So I didn't know it needed emptying. I didn't know it needed changing. I didn't know it needed cleaning. Um, and nobody that's came really to tell me bad. that for a few days. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's not good enough. I feel like, you know, care is not just, you know, doing a surgery and, you know, bish bash bosh, that's it. You should have been told you should have been prepared for it. Okay, maybe they didn't realize that it would, it would happen, but for something so extensive and they knew that it was extensive, they, the risk, you know, would have been yeah. there. So for them not to tell you, I think that's not good, not not good enough. For no, it's, it was a shock, definitely. Um, and what was funny, like when I was sat in the hospital, I got a letter as well from the hospital to say, these are the results of your MRI. We can do your surgery without needing a stoma bag. I was like, well, this is a bit, stupid now because I've got it so it's pointless you know telling me otherwise yeah um but yeah leaving hospital was it was okay they give you the supplies and then you they teach you how to order the supplies what companies to go to um what bags to try out you just have to find I guess like clothes or shoes whatever fits right for you so you just find what bag fits right for your body and your stoma there's so many different types so you kind of like trial and error so everyone's different but I change mine every day um you can change it every couple of days or some people I think have it for maybe five days or longer and it depends on what type of stoma you have so you can have a colostomy or ileostomy bag so I've got an ileostomy yeah I mean I empty it maybe three to six times a day and then change oh, it every really? day so yeah you don't oh, have so to go to the hospital or anything okay oh I see so you empty it multiple times a day but then you change yeah. actual bag yeah once a day yeah and is there a risk of is there a way like is there something that makes sure that those parts of the um of the bowel 
don't go back into your stomach is that possible yeah it is possible they have to staple it to your stomach wall so I think when they do the surgery they have to pull out enough bowel so that it doesn't revert back in yeah and it's I guess naturally so it doesn't pull itself back in Mm. but it's stapled yeah to your stomach wall so hopefully but with mine, it's, I've never had that problem, thankfully. Yeah, they just have to pull out enough so that that doesn't happen. It, but like, there's no nerve endings. Like, it's not painful for me. Okay. And, and thankfully, I don't have much pain with it. I've had, like, blockages and leaks, which is part and parcel, I guess. But thankfully, okay. it's not a daily thing. It happens every now and then. And it's more manageable now than it was before. Okay. But it's just, once you get over that hurdle of having the first leak and you just see poo everywhere and, you know, oh you're panicking and you're crying and I've had it in public and the airports really? at home. Yeah, like oh, all no. over my clothes and it's just, yeah, when you get used, to it, I say get used to it, once you've overcome the fact that that could happen, yeah. it becomes easier to manage. Yeah. Yeah, it's just taking your supplies with you when you go out as well. Like I've got a bag in my car, I've got bags in my bag and Right. and you're traveling just making sure you've got the extras with you just in case anything happens okay um I'm going to talk about stigma now because I know it can be easy to have something that is perceived as I mean it's a health challenge and then because of that health challenge you have to have this to cope and to help your quality of life um but I know that it's you know stigmas will come with that so let's talk about um the stigma that comes with um, you know having a an ileostomy stomach bag what would you say you've experienced and how have you been able to overcome it you know what thankfully I've not experienced any negativity or any I say like you know like online when you put your, yourself out there and you show yourself I've never had any negative comments towards okay. what I've put out there and what I've shown which is amazing yeah um I think like even just talking about it and being honest about it and having a platform to show what it's like for me maybe has made a difference maybe because we are so open about what we talk about like if you hear my friends or our conversations are like it's literally like periods and poo if it's if you're talking to me and you're asking me about my endometriosis that is literally it's like periods and poo that is all what I'm about like I'm about when I talk about my health um so I don't have any filter in that sense and I think when you are comfortable in having that conversation Mm. it makes others comfortable enough to ask questions and it removes that stigma I think if anything I've had more stigma around like periods with professionals or like when I've gone to the GPs and I've had ethnic GPs and they say you know things like oh it's just in your ethnic makeup to have a heavy period or it's because you're Asian that you have a heavy period you know it's I've not had that with friends and family. I've had it with professionals. Which is such a ridiculous... It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's removing that stigma from that profession because I think when it's around your circles and your friends and your family or your community, you can probably control it more by having an open conversation. Whereas someone that already thinks they know about periods or they know about endometriosis and you're trying to tell them about yourself will probably have a difference of opinion yeah so I think like yourself if I'm trying 
to educate you about myself you might have more questions and it's easier for me to navigate that conversation yeah rather than someone who's got supposedly 50 years of medical history Mm, very true oh I'm glad though I'm really glad that I think you restored some of my faith in humanity (laughs) (laughs) just because um like you said even you know speaking about periods I realized that I'm also very open now like before I would have thought that I wouldn't be able to say things to even men like yeah you know, do you have a sister does she have bad periods and maybe she should tell her to go check it out like I've spoken to, like that to you know men and um you know I speak to people about my periods I speak to people a lot about endometriosis like the first sometimes I'm like Tenny I think you're saying a bit too much you need to relax <laughs> not everyone no, I don't care anymore like I'm so <laughs> unfiltered with it like even a few weeks ago I went into the office I was having so much pain and I went into the office mm. and I went in in tracksuits like I mean I wasn't it was just tracksuits it was just a, a nice pair of tracksuits and I was yeah. you know, dressed it up and everything so I didn't look like I was at home in my loungewear yeah and a male colleague said to me he goes oh you're very brave coming into the office in trackies I was like listen I'm on I'm, I've got pain I've got women's health problems I've got period problems if you want to know whip out my medical history and I'll tell you why I'm wearing tracksuits not affecting my ability to work so if you want to keep commenting yeah down you know like that's good and he he sat there and he's quiet and I was like exactly if you want to start me I'm PMSing and everything so don't even get me started don't even get me started (laughs) (laughs) that's really good I like that (laughs) but yes being open I think it really helps yes I think it does and the thing is you never know who might just pick something from something you said like a friend of mine recently told me that her I think her neighbor was supposed they were supposed to go for some you know they have kids so they're supposed to go for some kids their kids were meant to go for a party but then she she was really looking forward to it and all of a sudden she was like I can't come and my friend was like that has happened a few times so she just said hmm this sounds like Tenny because there are loads of times that <laughs> Tenny Tenny is supposed to go for something and she's like oh my god I'm dying I can't do this so she asked her and guess what she has endometriosis no honestly and she was like the first thing she did was send her you know not defined by endo the instagram page and just told her you know you get information you know if you need anything you can speak to her so so that's what i mean by you never know someone might just say oh actually this sounds familiar or tanya had said something and you know ask you more questions or you know do their own research so so yeah it's good we're brave it's important I think it's just you know creating a safe space where people feel that they can ask you questions and you you are approachable and you're not going to get a response that is like oh you should know this already it's just sharing information and sharing your experiences yeah very true I want to ask about how your I think I have a feeling I already have an idea of how your family and friends you know have taken the um news of you having a chronic condition having the bag and all of that so how would you say they have been um and including your co-workers as well and colleagues you know what they are amazing like I wouldn't have a bad word or a bad friend or family member like when I was in hospital everybody came to see me I don't think everybody understood the extent of what I was going through either so I think it was a surprise as to how much had happened Mm. but honestly I'm so thankful like everyone came to see me even friends I hadn't spoken to family I hadn't spoken to were reaching out and just checking in and my friends are generally 
really really understanding anyway so like you were saying when you say you don't you're not able to go out if I've not been able to go out they bring out to me they'll come and sit with me and they'll be you know yeah or like I'll drive to one of their houses and we'll just sit in in their house and chill so we're still with each other we're Mm. just not outside and you know you can take your hot water bottle and have tea and just chill but they've always been really kind in that sense because you know if I've not been well they are very understanding and like quite accommodating and same at work again I've not really had any bad experiences at work when I was off sick they were really really good to me um like my management were really good I've had like three or four different managers in the same workplace I've had to re-explain everything to managers and now they've all been men so I had to explain to men you know (laughs) I've had these surgeries I might feel like this sometimes and again they've been really really good and you know they're saying I'll send me some stuff so I can research it where can I read more but yeah again same probably with friends and family at work periods and poo and that's all I t- if someone asks me about how I'm doing that's what I'm talking about and like you as well it's, it's opened up a conversation to the point where other colleagues have come to me to say oh I'm, I've been tested for endometriosis and oh I've got fibroids I've got cysts what do I need to do who can I speak to what needs to happen and they can't they, you know they feel comfortable to come to me for advice and ask me because everyone knows that I had surgery everyone knows that I've got a stoma bag it's like no secret I mean if they don't know I'm like where have you been so it's just Mm. yeah they've been really really good so I can't complain and you know when I needed time off or I feel unwell or need to nap like management have been okay to say you know take a couple of hours and come back afterwards or you know make up the time so I think I've been fortunate enough to be able to be open again to have that conversation but I know not everyone's in the same boat so I would say if they aren't just talking to HR get some advice and there's things that, you know, like endometriosis UK have their um, employer friendly scheme and yeah. there's other sources to get advice about how to tackle that topic mm-hmm. because I know you know workplaces aren't the easiest so it's hopefully getting the best advice to best support them but every employee has rights anyway and you have sick rights so mm-hmm. um if anybody's struggling it's just knowing what your rights are and speaking with the right people yeah exactly yeah that's really good it's amazing to see because i've heard you know lots of um bad accounts of people who their managers have not been really yeah. nice about it but i'm also lucky because my previous company I I remember I didn't tell them for so long, you know, I was still in the process of even finding out. So eventually when I found out and told my manager, he was like, you know, immediately he was so worried. You could see it on his face and he went and started researching about endometriosis. And I was so impressed because I was like, wow, this is amazing. It just shows that, you know, they value you and they care about, you know, what you're going through. And then my new, my next um, organization, I didn't even waste time, like maybe week two I just said can I speak to you (laughs) to my manager and we went um you know to have coffee because I just thought there was no point you know starting actually before I I had to move my start date because I had surgery so I was like you know what it's best to just let them know from the very beginning so and they were also really um understanding so it's really good to have to have that it's really important so lucky us (laughs) 
Yeah, so you mentioned something when you were talking about um, being in pain, when you were talking about going to the office in pain. I was going to ask how you found it since your um, excision. How has the pain been? Do you feel like, you know, you've got your quality of life back? We all know there's no cure for endometriosis, um, but what has it been like for you post-surgery? You know what, the quality of life has been so much better for me. Um, even just the stoma bag, I think it's been a blessing in disguise. As much as I hated it at the beginning, mm. it's just, you know, little things like being able to go to the gym and get through a workout or go for a walk and eat whatever I want to eat. Um, whereas before when I had the bowel problems, I couldn't, I could barely um, like leave a restaurant or finish a meal without my food going straight through me. And I felt like I was always in the toilet. So now I've got a bit more control over that. Um, and even like working out, I used to faint during a workout. I could barely even do 10 minutes. And now I can obviously last a bit longer. So the quality of life, yeah, definitely a lot better. I still have pain. I think my endometriosis has come back, but mm. probably obviously not as severe as what it was before. So, yeah, the pain is irregular, but it's, it, it, yeah, it comes and goes. So like even just yesterday, I, was, I felt like I was dying. Oh, really? um yeah so it's, yeah it comes and goes like today i've been fine I, I don't have periods anymore so i haven't had a period in about four and a half years what really um How... yeah Are you on so many... when so i had the pill back to back then i had the menopause and then i've got the coil in the marina coil so i've not bled since um really? so yeah so when i have like my pms moments I feel like I'm about to have my period, but I don't. It's just like pain. It's oh. like period pain, but no periods. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's different. Um, the symptoms are different as well from when I had my surgery. So I get a lot of contraction pain, which I never had before, mm. um, like on my front and my back. And then my legs as well seem to lose all sensation. So it feels like I can't walk. Yeah, like it feels like you're paralysed and you just can't move until wow. either medication kicks in or I sleep it off for a couple of hours. And, it, and yeah, and a bit same like before where you feel like your insides are being pulled apart. And yeah, I guess yeah. regular pain that you would experience. But it seems, yeah, like I said, it's irregular, but it comes regularly, if that makes sense. So yeah. not every day. Yeah, whenever but, it comes hmm. i wonder if it is like cyclical as well like does the pain come around when you should get your periods like around that time even though you don't get periods and then i it... don't even know when i'm supposed to have it hmm. it's just because it's been so long since i've even had a bleed i have no idea when i'm supposed to have it okay hmm, interesting yeah it hurts my heart so much when when to hear the phrase my I think my endometriosis is back because almost like inevitable but it's really painful because of everything you've been through to get to this point you know having very you know six months of not working and all that having a bag and then you know a few years later this is between 2019 when you're diagnosed and 22 so it's kind of really hurtful to know but yeah I guess we just have to soldier on. <laughs> yeah, and do you know what? I'm, it's, I'm 
in a way I'm glad I know that now and I know my body now and I know my symptoms yeah. now to be able to identify it so I can fight harder if someone was to tell me otherwise yes I can advocate harder for myself yeah that's true wow okay thank you so much for sharing everything about you know your experience with um you know your treatment your endometriosis and also the bag I think for me I've really learned a lot because I really wanted to understand how it works with the bag and I think you've you've done that and it's really great that you you know are lending your voice in the community and sharing with people because a lot of people can't, are not as bold as or as brave as you are, and they're also going through this. So I think hopefully someone somewhere will feel better to know that, you know, they're not alone. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So tell me about Tanya outside of endometriosis. We've talked about endo, 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 endo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who are you? What do you like to do for fun? <laughs> what do I, I like to just be outside enjoying <laughs> and living my best life? like getting dressed up I love a brunch and dinner just doing you know just adventurous exploring getting on a flight seeing new things experiencing new things I'm not one to sit around I think if you want to do something I'm the person to do it with yeah just there's so much life to live and I think in terms of and just like having like an Instagram page and that kind of platform I want people to see that there's more to life and there's so much life to live in spite yeah. of having a chronic illness yes like obviously we all suffer we all have our down days mm-hmm. um and our bed days and everything but when you have that spike of energy and you feel a little bit better just grab those moments yeah they're so priceless yeah literally generally like you said out having fun and that's it like that's good. I can't even pinpoint I just like being outside <laughs> and just spend like just spending time with people that you love as well it's just yeah, yeah you can't get yeah. that back exactly that's so true I'm trying to live a little bit more intentionally these days um you know like you said we have our hard days our bad days and sometimes it can almost feel overwhelming like oh my god here we are again but I think it's really important to hopefully you know have days that you're kind of okay and you know grab those days and do something fun or something you like it doesn't even have to be something you go out and spend money it can just be you know binge on a show or yeah going for a walk or something exactly exactly that's really 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 important I agree with you so Tanya living free which is, which is apt <laughs> for everything you just described Do you have any, <laughs> any plans or any um you know goals or vision of something you want to achieve with you know that platform that you've got now uh, when it comes to endometriosis or chronic illness other than you know showing people that they can also live free and have a great time in life regardless is yeah. there anything else I just want it to be a positive space. It's taken a back seat for me recently just because of like fasting and I've not had much energy. I just want people to see that there is life outside of our chronic illness, but also to feel comfortable in their bodies and to know, you know, not everybody, not everybody is the same and that's okay. Um, like I don't find it easy to come across like other maybe black or ethnic minority uh, like girls or men who have stoma bags um mm. and I want that to be a platform where 
people feel comfortable asking questions and it's a safe space to ask questions as well and just a space where you can see what it's about and it's a happy positive space at the same time showing the realities of what it is to have a chronic illness yeah but not always showing the down days yes if that makes sense like true yeah so because for me personally when I see people being down when I'm down I'm like oh I'm down even more but when I see people's positivity I'm like okay yes I'm gonna get up I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do this and I just you know you want to message just a little bit of positivity between you and your online community so I just want that to be a happy space for everybody so yeah realities in life yeah thank you so much for sharing giving us a bit of your sunshine <laughs> that page. yeah well I agree it's um it's really good because being in a chronic illness community especially online it's very easy to just get into that hole of yeah. gosh life is you know I've seen some pages that made me even more depressed and that's because they were so down and I felt so bad and I felt helpless. Like I couldn't even, it's not like I can help this person. I can't even help myself. <laughs> so yeah, so it's really good to, you know, sometimes share positive things and show people that one, they're not alone. Two, they should not be ashamed. And, you know, three, they can still live life regardless. So thank you very, very much, Tanya. Do you have any final words of advice for anyone, whether they've been diagnosed or not, whether they're young or old, um, who, you know, is in this space? I think you've literally just said it you know you're not alone as much as you feel like you're alone there's a community out there I think there's someone for everyone to reach out to Mm. um like if it's maybe not be you it might be me if it's not me it might be you and someone else might resonate more so with your story than mine and vice versa but there's always somebody to speak to and take the plunge and just send that message or send you know that request um and don't be afraid to ask any questions I think when you find a community that is supportive and helpful and can guide you through their own experiences it's something that I know I didn't have when I was diagnosed so I I wish I knew there was that presence before um and you know things like your podcast and just talking to real people when professionals and speaking that information just arm yourself with as much information as you can so you can advocate for yourself because we know ourselves better than anybody else so nobody else is going to um kind of tell us about ourselves apart from us if that makes sense yep so yeah just as much information as you can yeah thank you so much tanya thank you for your presence thank you for sharing your story and i really appreciate that i believe we're friends now right <laughs> we were friends from before <laughs> thank you so much thank you for coming on this show thank you so much for having me thank you for listening to today's episode of the podcast don't forget to share rate and subscribe if you'd like to share your story please reach out on instagram or facebook or send an email to info at notdefinedbyendo.com till next time remember you are not defined by endo 